Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing well today as we will be joined by ESPN broadcaster, the voice of the Arizona Cardinals, and one of our favorite guests on this show, Dave Pash. I have interviewed him almost more than anybody. I'll have to to do a count, but he's always so generous to to join us. And uh, today on the show, uh, some really fun topics uh, that we get into with him, faith-related uh, kind of some of his perspective on this last year. Uh, but also, he has such a great pulse of the sports world because he does play-by-play for college football, college basketball, the NBA, and the NFL. I mean, there are very few versatile broadcasters like Dave Pash. And, and so he, he's he's one of the best and, and, and just awesome to have him on the show. Stick around at the end. Uh, we'll come back in studio after the interview and and give a little bit of reaction to what Dave had to say. And there is one big takeaway that you'll uh, you'll hear the thread throughout the the interview. Uh, before we jump in, let me ask you this: Do you need to get your own health insurance? We'll go to healthmarketgenius.com. That's healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options. Support them as they support us. Check out our website, unpackingit.com. Be sure to subscribe to our Unpack This devotional. Uh, also, if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, uh, you can do so anywhere podcasts are found. And greatly appreciate you leaving reviews, rating, spreading the word, sharing the, the podcast. Uh, we really appreciate your support of this show. And we will be with you on Monday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern for the live show. And then always available as a podcast as well. And so we appreciate the support on the uh, the Monday show as well. But we've got an awesome interview with Dave Pash. Let's jump right in. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And joining us now on Unpacking It, one of our favorite guests, broadcaster, Dave Pash. He does play-by-play for ESPN, college football, college basketball, the NBA. He's also the voice of the Arizona Cardinals. He is a husband and father of three. Dave, it's great to have you back on Unpacking It. How are you? Hey, good, Bryce. Always good, always good to be on with you, man. Well, we we appreciate it, and and I, I want to start just kind of with some recent changes because you're now doing games back in arenas again, which is nice. So, how has the transition back been, and and what was it like doing those games from from home, really for the last year? 
So still doing some games from home, but definitely more travel. It feels a little bit more like normal where, you know, you're, you're in the arena for NBA. Uh, we're doing the FCS championship game on site. So it'll be, we did a, a spring football game on site. Uh, it's still not the same without the fans and also our broadcast location for basketball. We're not on the floor like we normally are. So it still doesn't feel completely normal, but yes, we are traveling a little bit more. The home broadcasts have been, I guess I'm used to it now. So I've done so many between football, college basketball, until the Pac-12 tournament, Bill Walton and I did all of our stuff from home and NBA, again, a good part of it has been home. So uh, the, the the home has been the norm. Um, I'm, I'm used to it. I figured it out. It's not you know, it's it's it, it doesn't do any good to to talk about the things that you can't do because uh, you know we're all dealing with the same stuff. So it's just you're trying to get through it, and you know, hopefully this fall for football, we're we're doing everything on site, but uh, we don't we don't know for sure yet. Very cool. Well, so what was the setup for for you then? How, like, did you have to convert a room, and what 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 ended up happening for you to to be able to do that? Sort of like I, it's in my office, so it's actually where I am right now. Like if you watch on. TV, the backdrop behind me is pretty much like the cameras right in front of me here. So we have a monitor, we have a, a laptop. It's basically you're broadcasting over Zoom. Wow. Uh, you're, yeah, it's amazing. Nobody even knew what Zoom was a year and a half ago. And now we're, you know, doing games. We're, we're doing, you know, NBA, college football, college basketball, Major League Baseball has been doing games from home. So it's, um, you know, I can actually have my, for a college football game, I can have my spotter on site and through another Zoom actually have like my spotting board up. So here's like a spotting board. You can have that oh, yeah. up. He can point and I can see it on a computer uh, in, in real oh. time. So it's, it's, it's crazy how they figured this out. All the people at ESPN that are amazing uh, with their skills in terms of technology. I mean, they adjusted really fast last summer to pull this off. Uh, so it's, it, it's remarkable that we got on the air. I mean, thankfully, thankfully it's all set up for me. Cause if I had to do it, I'd, I'd mess it up. So I just leave it. Like when the game's over, I get off the zoom, I unplug my headset and that's it. Cause I don't want to, I don't want uh, to button or pull I love it. That that's cool. No, that that's awesome. So, so then what has the, the rhythm of, of life been like? So we kind of going back to the, this last year of being home more, cause normally, you know, you're, you got multiple games a week on the road. So what was that that change in, in kind of lifestyle a little bit like for you and your family? Well, in a lot of ways, it was great. I, I, mean, I got to spend more time with my kids. Um, one of our daughters is home. She hasn't been able to go back to college, so she's been stuck here. Um, and my wife and I have been able to spend more time together. I think she would also tell you that uh, you know, I've messed with her routine a little bit. And so it's, um, you know, and she's, it, it, she's great and handles it well. Um, but, you know, when you have a routine for so many years, and, uh, you know, I, I try to chip in and help out as much as I can. And sometimes, you know, that's not the best thing to do. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. but it's gone, it's gone well, we've, we've, we've enjoyed it. It's, um, like I said, with traveling now more, we're kind of getting back into that flow that we've had as a family for so long. Um, but it, it's been, especially with my son, who's a freshman in high school, I think it was important for me to be home a lot more, being able to take him to school a lot more mm. and, you know, just being around, just, just him seeing my face, um, mm. I, I think is, I think is a good thing. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That, that's great to hear. So then now that you are getting back into, to more travel, I've got a funny thing. Cause that you, you tweeted about it. 
uh, as far as you uh, you put your shirt on backwards. What what was the story there in the airport? Yeah, yeah, I was um, waiting. I, I was waiting for my flight to Dallas. I think I was going to Cameron Royer's going New Orleans uh, last Sunday. See, see, I can I can tell I'm traveling more now because I forget where I went, and where I'm going. And somebody he he was kind of looking at me. And, you know, normally you don't think anything of it at first, but then when it's, you know, a few times you start thinking, okay, maybe, you know, maybe they, cause I don't get recognized like a lot of people do at all. You know, it's, it's very rare um, when I get recognized, but when you do, you kind of figure, okay, it's going to be, they're going to ask about Walton or, you know, it was just after the draft. It was the day after the NFL draft. So maybe I'm in Phoenix and so maybe somebody asked about the Cardinals, uh, the Cardinals. So he kept kind of looking and then he starts to walk towards me. So you just kind of prepare yourself. Okay. Well, you know, what, what's he going to ask? And he, and he had a British accent. I can't do it very well, but he said, sir, I hate to be the one to tell you, but your shirt's on backwards or I'm sorry. He said, your shirt's on inside out. Sorry. Inside, inside out. out, inside and out. I looked, I looked down. I'm like, Oh my goodness. How embarrassing. And I had a huge tag. The reason he oh. knew it was I had like a huge tag. So the tags, you know, on the back sticking. I mean, how many people had to have noticed oh. there were a lot, the airport was packed. Not that everybody's <laughs> staring, but you know, you're in line to get food. So everybody's oh. kind of for their food they're kind of looking around people watching so was, yeah I, <laughs> I ran into the restroom changed it came back out he was still there i told him i said sir thank you taking care oh, of that's tremendous gosh so that yeah that, that shows you you're off the off the rhythm you, you got to get back in back you know, get your yeah. game back exactly. get that travel game back very cool well all right so kind of even a uh, bigger picture but but having looked at this last year, maybe reflecting on this, this last year, I know, I know I have, hopefully, hopefully all of us have in some way, uh, as you now, you'll start to, to recognize a, a level of normalcy. What are some of the things that you hope remain changed or, or some of the, the, the lessons learned throughout this last year that, that you hope to, to implement more and, and even mentioning, Hey, you want your, your son to see you more and that kind of thing, but how, how does that play out? And so what, what's that like for you to, to, to yeah. reflect on? It's a great question, Bryce. You know, obviously I've thought a lot about it. Um, you know, I think trusting God is where, you know, I feel like over the past year, probably had to trust him more. Um, I think we always have to trust him. It's just, maybe we don't realize it <laughs> or I don't realize it need to be hit over the head sometimes. Uh, and I think, I, I think I have, you know, this past year and a half, just, you know, you're, you're, you can't put your faith in things and, and, banking on things being the way they were uh this past year has taught us that if, if if we haven't been taught that before you know this year is a great example of you know there's there's nothing that's routine right there's nothing that is guaranteed to stay the same except god <laughs> so um you know i think i've been able to dive into that you know my relationship with him a little bit more um and, and i think the wide range of emotions too you know sometimes we think we can't come to God if we're upset with them or, you know, we're frustrated or we have questions uh, that maybe there aren't answers to, or we know we're not going to get the answers to. And, you know, just be remembering that, you know, God's there for us. He's, he's, he's there for us wherever we are. And so even if there's things that aren't going well in our personal lives or in our work situation or with our families, you know, God's there. And, and that's something I've, I've always known, obviously, but just feel like has been kind of a, a flashing light to me even more here in the last 15 months or so. And, and so what does that, what does that do? Or what does that mean when you, when you say, okay, God is there, 
what what is that what does that kind of lead to and, and I imagine you know speaking about his presence and it's yeah impact that a little bit yeah I mean I think it's you know trying to stay in the word more uh prayer more um but I also think it's you know just just a trust right there's you know I've heard it said and I think it's a great way to put it that you know faith is a channel of living trust between you and mm. God mm. and so your faith is stretched when you trust more <laughs> and yeah. you have to trust more. And so I think that's, you know, not trying to control everything, not trying to get, and I say trying, cause that's a struggle for me trying to control things. Um, and so relying on him to work in your life, work in your, on your character, uh, work in the people around you, um, you know, you're, you're forced again, it wasn't just my routine that's changed. It's my wife's, it's our kids. So, you know, it's, it's been challenging for everybody to adjust and adapt. And I think that's also a thing where you trust God, you know, because you're in, in a situation where, because you're around each other so much, and this is really the case for every family in America for at least an extended period of time last summer. I mean, just look at what happened with, Uh, a lot, you know, the divorce rate went up. Uh, I mean, there were so many things domestically uh, that got worse because we are around each other more. Mm. You would hope that when you're around each other more, things would get better. And for us, they did, but it was because of trusting God, working on the relationship and knowing that something happens, you get into an argument with your spouse, you and your kids don't see eye to eye on something. You just that's where you go back to God and you trust him. You work on those relationships and know that when you come through that time, we come through that season that the relationships are stronger with your family members and the people you love because you're also in a stronger relationship with God. Amen. Amen. He's, he's there to give us guidance. He's, he's there to give us uh direction and, and peace. And, and so, uh, and strength to, to handle those situations. So, uh, so man, no, I appreciate that, that perspective. That's, that's awesome. Um, and then kind of mentioning your, your kids as well, uh, what kind of season of life and, and, and how do you see maybe your role as a dad at kind of the three stages that, that your, your kids are at right now? So our oldest is, uh, in Los Angeles, she's, you know, trying to be an actress and, and I oh, think, wow. you know, one of the things that she's experienced is because there's just not much going on you know, she's been able to develop some other friendships and relationships. And because of what I was saying before, how, you know, not every family came through what we went through last year and even into this year unscathed, right? Mm -hmm. The divorce rate went up, the suicide rates went up, Mm -hmm. domestic violence went up, alcoholism went up because there was a lot of depression. People were out of jobs. People were stuck. Um, It was, for a lot of people, a very hard time. And I think my daughter has been able to build some relationships with people where she's been able to mentor them. And I think she's also maybe appreciated too, um, you know, that her dad and her mom were always there for her. She's, you know, got a lot of friends where that's not the case and things for them got worse during the pandemic, uh, from Mm -hmm. a family standpoint, I think our middle child who's a sophomore in college, but has been stuck here at home for the last year and a half, you know, I think she's been grinding away working and still going to school. Um, but she's had to adjust to us and we've had to adjust to her, uh, mm. our son, again, who's a, a freshman in high school. He's been in school most of the time. 
Um, and just me, again, being around, being able to cultivate, cultivate that relationship at a very important time in his life. Uh, you know, high school is a different deal. And he's actually had a really good year. Uh, I'm not saying he wouldn't have had a great year if my schedule was normal. But, you know, I think me being around and just, again, to talk to him, picking him up from school, having those conversations, even if they're about, you know, something that's on his mind that has nothing to do with spiritual things. You know, you're just you're just there for him and just trying to be a good dad. And, you know, the I think to being in, the, you know, he sees me reading my Bible in the morning, sees me praying. I mean, those those are all things that, you know, we can tell our kids, hey, you need to do this. or You should do that. But when they see their their parents doing it, you know, it's it, it becomes real to them. They say, OK, my, my dad isn't just somebody who says, hey, you know, it's good for you to pray. It's 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 wise for you to pray. Um, you, you know, he sees me doing it. So I think that that's another thing, too, where if I'm traveling, he's not going to see me as much, you know, in that in, environment. Oh, that's that's wonderful. And, and it's it's true that, that kids learn and they're they're they, they grow when they see us. They see it in action. We can't just say things for sure. Um, well, you, you mentioned your your son and kind of this stage with him. When when you think back on how your your dad and your relationship with your dad, what are some of the similarities and, and differences in 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 your approach to fatherhood compared to what you you saw growing up? My dad's a you know he's still alive. Praise God, he means a great great father, not a believer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, great great father set a great example to me as a as a man of integrity. And someone who worked very hard, um, you know, someone that pushed me in a good way to make the most of, you know, my, my abilities. And, uh, and so, you know, I think just knowing that he was a steadying presence and my parents got divorced when I was a senior in high school. So that was a, a difficult time, hmm. but, you know, he was always steady. He was always kind of the same. He didn't show a lot of emotion. He still doesn't show a lot of emotion, but, um, you know, I love my dad to death and he, he is a great person and a great father. And so I think, you know, one of the things that I've gleaned from him is just, you know, trying to be a steadying presence for your kids, just reliable. You're there. Um, you're, you're around, you're available to them. And so that, that's definitely something that I've learned from my father. Hey Amen. I love that. It, be, being available, how, how valuable that is. Well, uh, Dave, I appreciate you sharing all, all of those things, faith-wise and family-wise. And, and of course, you're, uh, you're so tapped into to so many different leagues and sports that, that you're a part of as a, as a broadcaster. So I wanted to, to talk about a, a few things. And, and so first off, to me, this kind of slipped through the cracks a little bit in, in regards to the college football playoff expansion and kind of the possibilities surrounding that because we, we, we sh- quickly shifted gears to the NFL draft. Uh, but what do you make of some of these conversations out there? And, and you know, for you, calling bowl games and, and being very in, engaged with college football and now even doing the FCS playoffs, which – so I'm an App State guy. They used to always be in the FCS, and I, I witnessed all the playoffs. So I saw what it's how it's how it works with sixteen teams, and I loved it. Um, but anyway, but what what do you make of that? And and from your perspective as a broadcaster, especially, it's interesting you mentioned App State. The last time I did the the FCS championship, which at the time was Division One AA, was two thousand five, maybe. And Appalachian State was in it back then. Yep. So I remember doing those games. I mean, I'm excited. I've got the FCS semis and then the championship. It's fun to be a part of a playoff. And the more, the better is the way I look at it. I mean, 
I'm not saying college football needs to go the route of the NCAA tournament where you have that many teams, but I'd love to see college football at the FBS level go to at least six where two teams get a buy. I'd love to see eight. I think even 16 to me, it doesn't diminish the regular season. I understand the people that think that it does, but to me, all you're doing is you're, you're, you're enhancing the regular season because I mean, just look at the expansion of the NCAA tournament. It's it's, I know there's more games in college basketball, so maybe it's not apples to apples, but you're still talking about bubble teams all year. It's still a conversation. If you went to a hundred teams, you'd still be talking bubble teams, college football. If you go to eight, if you go to 16 all season long, you're going to be talking about bubble teams. And if you go to eight or you go to 16, you're not out of it. It, it, The one thing that I don't like right now is that it feels like it's all about the playoff. So if you go to the, we, we did the Fiesta Bowl this year. Like if you go to the Fiesta Bowl, but you don't go to the college football playoff and you're a a school like Ohio state or Oregon uh, and the PAC 12 hasn't been in the playoff. It's almost like it's been a bad year. It's a disappointing year. Well, there's only four teams. There's no guarantee (laughs) because you win your conference, you're going. It's not a bad year. It's not a disappointing year. So it's almost like the playoff is one thing and everybody else is like in this other group. So you expand the playoff, you bring everything a little bit closer together. Um, the regular season becomes more important. And if you lose a game, your season's not over. If you don't right. play a strong schedule and you lose a game week one, you can still be a great team in November, December. So I'd love to see expansion. Cool. I'm right there with you. Absolutely. And, and along those lines, this year, the NBA experimenting with this play-in tournament. And, and so I, I'm guessing kind of your similar uh, philosophy in regards to more teams are now care and, and are competing until the end. Absolutely. I know a lot of coaches don't like it. You know, you've probably listened to some of the broadcasts. You know, Jeff Van Gundy uh, isn't a big fan of it. Mark Jackson, not a huge fan of it. I like it because from a fan standpoint, it's great. They're just more games of importance. And if you're a team, look at Washington. A month and a half ago, Washington was a team that nobody talked about. And in a normal season, that would have been the case all year. Russell Westbrook would be having this phenomenal year. And you wouldn't be talking it in the context of, yeah, and you got to beat him twice in a play-in tournament to keep him out of the playoffs. I mean, look at the Lakers and their fall from grace because of the injuries. Yeah. What if you have Steph Curry against LeBron James in a one-game situation to get into the NBA playoffs? That's Again, awesome. I know the – right? From a fan standpoint, yes. I understand why some coaches don't like it. I understand why LeBron doesn't like it. I wouldn't want to be yep. in that situation yep. either. But yep. from a fan standpoint, and ultimately, right, you, this is about serving the fan. The fans are the ones. TV is the reason why these salaries are so high. Um, so I think I, I think it's great. I, I'm I'm excited. It keeps teams from tanking. It's it's been great. I, I'm right there with you, and I, I appreciate your perspective on the fans because our ministry is all about the fans. So. Uh, so that's that's our our perspective, and and I think sometimes yeah we forget about it that you know I appreciate LeBron voicing his opinion, but it's like come on LeBron, this is the fans are the ones that that drive your your salary, and and so uh yeah some some of the things are funny to hear from from well actually I was thinking about Kyrie Irving today that same kind of mentality 
uh, or he doesn't want to speak to the media. It's like, come on, that's part of the deal. We're the fans. We, it's, you got you to gotta listen. Uh, you got to speak. We're listening. Um, so anyway, no, I appreciate your thought on that. Uh, and then, all right, so you're also the, the voice of the Arizona Cardinals. And, and so I'm curious how that fan base is feeling right now. A, a decent year last year, but is there a, a complete buy-in to Kyler Murray and, and Cliff Kingsbury? What, what's kind of the, the, the atmosphere down there right now? I would say if you if you polled the fans, you know, you listen to the the sports talk shows here in Phoenix, I would say they've bought into Kyler Murray for the most part, but not yet Cliff. Um I, I look the Cardinals should have made the playoffs last year. They were eight and six. They were six and three and ended up finishing eight and eight. They had a bad home loss to San Francisco, and then it came down to the last game of the season in LA against the Rams. Kyler got hurt in the game. Uh, they lost to a backup quarterback, and your season's over. So it was a disappointing finish, especially after the Hail Mary against Buffalo, and you're 6-3. and three, You're thinking, you know, with an added playoff team, you know, a new format with the NFL playoffs, you're getting in. And they didn't. So I think because of that, it left a foul taste in a lot of people's mouths about the coaching staff. Not as much Kyler. And I'm not saying that that's how it should be. That's just how it – it feels here uh, locally. So this is a big year. I think it's a big year for everybody. Um, you know, it's year three for Cliff. It's year three for Kyler. And I think there's definitely cautious optimism because you saw the growth of Kyler Murray, but you also see some areas where he still needs to grow, and he's young. Um, and we're, everybody's hopeful that he takes those steps. If he doesn't take those steps, because ultimately in the NFL, it's all about your quarterback. If he doesn't take those steps, if the Cardinals – have a bad year if they if they don't make the playoffs. I mean, who who knows what what happens after the season? Uh, I I just think it's a critical year for everybody. It, it really is, and and I'm curious for from your standpoint. You know, you, you get to do national NBA and college football and college basketball. What keeps you still connected to to the the Cardinals and and still you know wanting to be the the voice of the Cardinals? They're coming up on 20 years, right? Is it, is yeah. it already 20? It'll be 20 this year. Yeah, it's this year. crazy. Crazy. Wow. I, um, you know, Bryce, I, it, it was tough this year, obviously, because we weren't traveling. We were doing the road games from the home booth. You're not around the players. You're not around the coaches. So I missed that. I missed training camp, being able to, you know, talk to people. I miss being able to go down to the field before the game and connect with Steve Kime, the GM, or the coaches, or a player. You just – that part of it, you know, was gone. I hope that we can get back to that. Uh, you know, I enjoy being a part of a team. I enjoy being able to root for a team. Mm. When you're, you know, I love my job at ESPN, but, you know, it's, it's, it, it's a network job. So you're not, you know, you're not rooting. You're not, you don't have a rooting interest. You're, you're doing the games that you love to do. But the Cardinals is unique. And obviously I've been around them now for two decades. So it's become your team. So I live and die with it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I get emotional during the games. Um, and it's been fun, you know, for the family too. I mean, they've, you know, the kids have grown up in it. So it's not just, you know, it's not just me. The family's a part of the Cardinals. So uh, it's something that, you know, I look forward to and, and enjoy very much. Absolutely. No, that's neat. I, I, I appreciate that, that, you know, some guys, all oh, the goals to, to be a network guy and it's not about the, the local teams anymore, but for you to be able to get the best of both worlds, that's pretty neat. That's a, that's a neat, neat opportunity. It's great. Um, so uh, I want to ask you about two coaches. So first, Urban Meyer is somebody that you called games with. When he was at ESPN, 
Uh, he, he was a part of uh, kind of your broadcasting crew. Now he takes over in Jacksonville. What do you think about that? How do you, what maybe will be the, the toughest transition for him going from, from college to pro? I think the only thing that'll be difficult for him is getting used to losing. Mm. And I say that because everybody loses in the NFL. It's not like college football. You know, you're going to, you're going to lose. And he's never lost in college football. He never lost. I know. And if you lose one game, it, you know, that's one of the reasons why he stepped away, right? The the losing was so intense and it wasn't healthy in terms of just, you know, how it hit him. Um, Mm -hmm. We saw that we saw it at Florida. We saw it at Ohio state. So it seems like he's in a good place with it and understands that you could go 11 and five and have a great year. Right. But 11 and five is hard for somebody that is used to 12 and 0 or 11 and one, 10 and two, not good. Right. In college football (laughs) for someone like urban Meyer. So how's he going to do when you're 11 and five? Well, now he's taking over a franchise where you were bad. You were the worst team. And now you're building around a young quarterback. Um, I just think if he can adjust that mentality, and I don't know that he can, right? I mean, that's you're asking somebody to change the way they've done things. And I think that's a hard ask. Uh, so I, I'll be curious to see. I think he'll do well just because he's a great coach and he's a great culture setter. And he'll work with Trevor Lawrence. It'll be a great relationship. I think he'll succeed, but I am curious to see just how he does when things don't go well this first year or maybe even, you know, two years down the road. It's going to be fascinating. And then you mentioned, you know, Trevor Lawrence being there too, as far as never, never losing either. I mean, he, he's not going to be used to it. So that's going to be very, very intriguing. Uh, the other coach that, that you saw, you know, up close and personal, so to speak, was Bruce Arians at having been the head coach in, in Arizona. What did you make of him you know, going to Tampa Bay? And then in year one with Tom Brady, they win a Super Bowl. Were, were you surprised by it? What, what did you think? You know, it's funny. I said uh, we were in the bubble. I remember we were having uh, dinner with the, the other announcers in the bubble. We were talking about Bruce Arians. And I said, you watch B.A. It will be it won't even be week two. And B.A. is going to call out Tom Brady. He's going <laughs> to he's going to call out Tom. And he did. He did. I think he did it after week one. Um, uh, but there's he Bruce Arians has a way about him. He is the ultimate, you know, scream at you, yell at you, call you out, and then love you. Mm. He's got a great way with players. BA just has a way about him. It's 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 not fake. He is who he is, and he's not ashamed of it. <laughs> I mean, no, no. he's who it's he is. He, he's a you know, he goes hard. I mean, you see it, right? Having a cocktail. Um you know, he wants his coaches all gone at five o'clock so they can be with their families, have a couple drinks, you know, be be around their kids, go to their kids events and get back in the office at nine the next morning. It's not rocket science for his offense. It's not like he's, you know, adjusted it the way other teams have. Um, you know, Jason Light, the GM, used to be here in Arizona as well. Todd Bowles is an excellent coach, I think deserves another head coaching opportunity. So I thought the Tom Brady Bruce Arians fit would work. I really did. I wasn't surprised. I actually, I actually thought they'd go to the Super Bowl this year. Not surprised really? at all. Yeah. Wow. And and now I mean they, they got to be the clear favorites to to do it again. I, I I was shocked that they were able to bring everybody back 
to me, it's almost been like an underrated story. I, I'm, I'm blown away in today's world where everybody leaves all the time to bring all 22 or more players back. Incredible. What would you think of that? You know, you look at the history of Bruce's staff, coaching staffs, they don't they don't usually leave. He doesn't yeah. usually fire guys. And I think he is big. Again, it's it's like a family. Bruce is very good at bringing people together. Again, he's not fake. What you see is what you get. You people appreciate him. They may not always love, love being yelled and cussed at, but like they appreciate that. And when you when it, you see it on the field and you win. I think you want more of it. You want to be a part of it. it it's he's not going to grind you to death. He's he may wear you out, but it doesn't get old if that makes sense. Like you look yeah. at, I think people maybe here, you know, after a while, maybe it did. Um, you know, it it did feel like here it was time for a change for him and for the Cardinals. Um, so I'm not saying like this is going to last forever there in Tampa, but I'm I wasn't surprised at that 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 everybody came back. Gosh, yeah, no, it's a, it's impressive. That's a it's a cool perspective on that the, the, that family atmosphere that he's been able to establish there. Uh, and then you plug in Tom Brady, and uh, it's 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 remarkable. All right, last thought, Dave. Really appreciate you uh, you being a part of unpacking it today, and, and always love to kind of end on a on a spiritual note. Uh, so for for you, you mentioned you know the, having more time in prayer and in the in the Word, just as as things kind of you know slowed down this last year, being home more. And, and that sort of thing. And so what, what are some of those things that maybe you've been studying or, or learning that, that you can share with our, our audience today? You know, it goes back, Bryce, to, to what I said earlier, I think is the, the, the greatest challenge for me. I think it's, it's a great challenge for a lot of men. We, we want to control our lives. We, we want to feel like we're in control. When this hit March of 2020, none of us were in control. Yet, I still tried to control everything, right? You try to control your job situation. You try to control your family. You try to control your schedule and you can't. So it's just learning to turn things over to God. And again, trying to keep in mind that he's there. Like you're not burdening him. He's not surprised that you're struggling or he's not upset that you're stumbling. He's there with you. He gets it. He understands. And so that has been a great reminder for me that God cares. He loves you. He wants that intimacy with you. Um, That's why he came. You know, that's why he paid the penalty for our sin to be with us. He wants to be there. And, you know, conversations that I have with friends of mine or relationships that I have with people in the business, I think that are not believers. I think that's the hardest thing for them to see sometimes is that, you know, when we talk about being Christians, it, it's, it's about a relationship that God's desire isn't for us to follow a bunch of rules to try to make ourselves look good or to try to measure up because we can't, it's, it's about his love for us demonstrated in Christ and us receiving that love, being willing to receive and then understanding that it's, when you're in a relationship with somebody that they don't walk away from you when you struggle, when you fall, when you're tempted, God's there. He's always there. And I think for a lot of us as believers, it might've felt hard over the last year to sometimes feel, I know for me at times it did to feel like he's there, that he's, he's in the pit with you. Mm. And so it's just been a good reminder through prayer and Bible study 
but also just through circumstance, through other people, just seeing what they're going through. Remember, you know, God's there with them. And so it's, it's encouraging when you hold on to that, when you cling to that. And it's a struggle. I've got to remind myself of that. And that's why you just keep going back. You keep going back to the word. You keep going back to him. And he's there. He's waiting. He wants that. He's not burdened by it. And I, I hope that that's something that I take from this for many years. And hopefully people listening and people that, you know, that, that don't have that relationship, or maybe they've started the relationship and they don't quite understand God's character and his nature. Mm. And it's just, I think that's the essence of being in a relationship with him is knowing that he loves you and that he cares deeply and he wants you to share, even if something, even if you're mad, even if you're frustrated, even if you're hurting, he, he wants it. He can take it and he welcomes it. Amen. What a wonderful, powerful, simple message. He's there. So we will, we will leave it on, on that note. And, and Dave, thanks again, man. Love, love having you on the show. Appreciate your heart and perspective and, Keep up the great work. We'll be watching you. FCS uh, championship coming up, NBA playoffs around the corner and, and the playing games and the regular season wrapping up, all that coming up. And so we'll, uh, we'll be keeping an eye on you for that as well. So really appreciate it and uh, look forward to the next time we do this. Thanks, my brother. Always a pleasure. All right. Thanks a lot. There's Dave Pash joining us here on Unpacking It. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And we're back in the Unpacking It studio to unpack what was just said by Dave Pash. And it was excellent. The The conversation was really fun and, and encouraging and insightful. But the the one saying that I think we've got to take away is God is always there. He is there. And it's one of those things that is, like I said, it's really simple. We, we kind of know it, but do we believe it? And, and do we really operate with the understanding that God is there, that he is with us in the struggle, that he is with us when we're confused? That, that he is there when we need help. He is there when we need wisdom. He is there when we need comfort. He is there when we need peace. He is there when we are discouraged and, and, and down and worried. He's there. When we screw up, he's, he's there with open arms to say, come back, come back to me. He, we may have kind of pushed him aside, give him a stiff arm, and go and did something stupid or made a mistake, but he's there with open arms to welcome us back with his grace and his love. And, and, and I, I know for, for me, sometimes we, we just forget just how much he loves us and how much he wants to be there with us along the journey, to really walk with Jesus, to, to live this life as a follower of Jesus, walking with him, in step with him, in sync with him, because he is there, he is available, he's speaking to us, he wants to, to give us insight. He wants to uh, convict us. He, he wants to show us the way, show us his will, show us his purpose. But if we're too distracted, if we're too busy, uh, David kind of, uh, Dave kind of alluded to this too, as far as uh, always trying to control things. You know, we try to do things in our own strength. When we do all that, we're, we're, we're not acknowledging and recognizing that God is there for us. We're thinking, no, nah, no, nah, we got it. We're, I'm good. I'm good on my own. All right, no, no need for you right now. 
Uh, but but he's there for us, and, and everything is better with him. He wants to give us the strength and the power that we need. Um, and so what a wonderful message. He is there. And so let's let's leave it right there. And and so uh, glad that Dave was there with us today on the show. It was fun. Uh, but but more importantly, we, we know that God is there for us. He is there waiting to, to meet with us in the morning to start our day. And then he wants to, to walk into the meetings that we have with us. He, he wants to, to be with us when we're sitting at the dinner table with our family, when we're putting our kids to sleep, when we're with our, li- with our wife. He is there. And when we've invited him into our life, he, he's absolutely there in our hearts. Uh, the Holy Spirit is with us. And, and some of this is kind of hard to comprehend, and we just forget it. But, man, when we've received Christ, he is in us. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And, and so his presence is everywhere. His presence is with us. Are we tapping into it? Are we taking full advantage of it? Are we, are we acknowledging that? Acknowledging his presence and walking in his presence. That's the challenge. That's the encouragement for us today. So thanks to Dave. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for responding. Uh, send me an email, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. Thanks for leaving reviews. Thanks for posting on social media. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. And as always, I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. With Jesus, because he's always there, and with one another. And so uh, thanks for being a part of this journey with me. And uh, greatly appreciate you. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and we will talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries, with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.